The time is now. What is the secret to success? Movement. People look at you strange saying you change, like you work that hard to stay the same. Like you're doing all this for a reason. Hard work. Yeah. Works. Today's Trainers Talk is brought to you by the Calcica Fit app. The Calcica Fit app has over a hundred different workout videos from yoga, Pilates, core, strength, hit, on the go, TRX, meditation. Even if you're having a hard time going to sleep at night, we got something for that. So check that out. It's less than 50 cents a day. Go to calcicafit.com for more details. Yeah. Welcome to the latest Trainers Talks. This is Donovan Allman. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to have you here. Um, we we have a little bit of a quicker um, podcast today. The first thing we're going to go into is the drop down and give me 10. I have a special guest, Mr. Chris Canning, the mayor of the best town in Napa Valley. I might get in trouble for saying that, but because most of my business is there, uh, I'm going to say it. So Christopher Canning. Uh, sat down with me and did the drop down and give me 10, 10, 10 questions to get to know who he is. It was fun to, to, for him to jump in on this. And then after we go through that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the thing that 49 million people saw across the world, which was the interview that Oprah did with Megan and Harry. Um, just wanted to give my thoughts on that and, uh, it won't take too long, but it's uh, this is a good good one to listen to when you're doing a quick run. So the first thing we're going to start with is the drop down and give me ten with the mayor of Calistoga, friend, client Christopher Canning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Drop down and give me ten. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Well, I'd like to uh, welcome you, Chris. This is Chris Canning. He's uh, joining us for my new segment, Drop Down and Give Me 10. Are you ready, Chris? Let's have at it. So it's 10 questions. Uh, this is kind of similar questions that I've asked uh, in the past. Jackie was uh, last week. Chris is this week. So he's going to get very I hope similar. I do as well as Jackie did. I, I, well, I don't know if you can ever do as well as Jackie does. Well played, well played. Okay. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Here we go. You ready? Go. Okay. Morning workout or evening workout? Morning. If it doesn't happen in the morning, I come up with a ton of excuses why I don't do it at night. Gotcha. Uh, favorite meal of the day? Oh, uh, dinner. Dinner. And why is that? Uh, just kind of it ends the day. I usually have a martini just before it, so it's like it's very uh, kind of brings exactly it brings the day down. Cool. Weights, class, or outdoor rec? Um, well, I love running. Well, I hate running, but I like to do it outdoors. Yes. Um, and then weights. Okay. Classes I used, used to love to do, and now I just have to get back into it. Yeah. From a camaraderie and a cajoling standpoint. If you had one song to kind of get you ready for your workout, what is that song? I have the tiger. <laughs> I knew one person was going to say that because I knew it was the stereotypical. What gets you out of the bed in the morning? 
my really freaking annoying alarm. Okay. Oh, but why do I get out of bed? Because I love life and it's beautiful. And I have this I giant window in my living room that I the sun the, comes in. I think making an alarm clock annoying enough where it forces you to get up. Completely annoying. And yeah. I have the snooze, which is eight minutes. Yeah. So I get two snoozes and then I'm done. Cool. Um, so this, this question, I'm gonna kind of tailor it, but describe your perfect client or the perfect person you like working with. Oh, okay, so honest. Yes. I'm direct. I'm not a big fan of, you know, passive aggressive or everything's great, but the, that's not how they really feel. Yes. Uh, so like direct, I like honest. Um, and someone who's gonna do what they say they're gonna do. Don't tell me you're gonna do it knowing you can't. Tell me from the beginning you can't. And then he's, everyone's he, happy. He's giving you the keys. He's giving you <laughs> the keys. He's showing you how to do it. Okay, if you had two free hours, would you do a documentary, an action movie, or a reality show? Ooh, documentary. Okay, cool. Huge sucker and fan for anything documentary. Awesome. That's what I watch when I have to run my treadmill instead of outside. Ah. That's what... That's right, it, you have that on your treadmill. Exactly. Come in, yeah, you have the, have the iPad up there and you're rolling. Okay. You can only keep one. Coffee or wine? Oh, uh, coffee. Yeah. Because I could always have booze. <laughs> I do, I do, I do that. I kinda knew that was gonna be the thing. Okay. Hopefully this never happens. Okay. But what is your death row meal? My death row meal? Yeah. Ooh, ouch. Um, definitely chicken parm. Okay. I love anything chicken parm. Yeah. Chicken parm bites, chicken parm sandwich, chicken parm. Um, with a side of, with a ribeye. Ooh, okay. Medium rare. All right. Um, some mashed potatoes, lobster mashed potatoes. Okay, yeah. I'm a, it's my last meal, I can it's have whatever right, I want. Yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. And then I would finish it with um, any kind of dessert that's chocolate-based, so like chocolate death or something like that. Oh my gosh, well, I feel bad for yeah. the person who's gonna do your, your funeral. <laughs> yeah, well, that won't be my problem. <laughs> um, who is your body inspiration? My body inspiration? So is there somebody you like see where you're like, you know, they say you either look like that person or somebody like you're like, when you need to push harder and you're like, I want to kind of get a little bit, I want to get that. Oh, that's a good call. Um, it used to be like people who were really ripped. Yes. Now it's people who are toned with a little bit of bubble to them. Yeah. Who would that be? Oh, wait, is this where I'm supposed to say my trainer? Well, Donovan is. Well, but there's some obvious things we're not going to be able to get past the whole baldness. Thing. Exactly, exactly. That's the only thing. That's, <laughs> that's the only difference. That's the only difference between the two of us. Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. Like I'll see in different celebrities or something. I'm like, yeah. oh, that that's a good good look. Yeah, good yeah. look. And it's no longer like I have to be ripped and shredded. It's yes. just I want to be put together. There you go. Well. You just completed the drop down and give me 10. That was easy. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you. I'd give you a high five, but you know, it's COVID. Yeah, exactly. And we're <laughs> seven feet apart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Cameras might be uh, kind of deceiving. Thank you. Yeah. So you just got done listening to Christopher Canning, Mayor of Calistoga, doing the drop down and giving 10. And now I wanted to kind of discuss a little bit something uh, about the interview that came out um, this past Sunday um, with Megan and Harry. And, uh, you know, I had several clients ask me who, who didn't see the interview, 
um, but read articles on it, ask my opinion. And I think this is where uh, the beauty of different points of view and, and conversation really can um, enlighten uh, people's point of view. Within the first 20 minutes of the uh, interview, the thing that I was trying to do is trying to look at the perspective of both sides. Look at the perspective of Megan, an American, a uh, person of color, a person who um, was stepping into a world unbeknownst to her, um, from the protocol to the the history um, to the prompts, you know, like the circumstance and the and the ceremony that is the royal family, and then also from the royal family side, um, having someone who's American, someone who is of color, and something that they're not used to, uh, both of those instances being a part um, uh, of their family, especially at a high level, and and a high level of uh, media coverage. The I think I think Harry really there's a couple of things that I felt like were said in the interview that I if those who haven't seen it it's worth seeing but you know there's so many different things that you can find some details but there was two things that were said in the interview that changed completely validated the point of view that they were presenting um, and it doesn't mean that 100% of it was right, but it does mean that the wave of the um, sediment or the, the sediment of the what what happened, kind of what they were telling, they were telling something that uh, they were telling their truth, they were telling um, their piece. And the first thing was what Harry said. Harry said, "This." circumstances of what was happening to his wife and what was happening to him reminded him of his mother Diana and when he said that the the way he said it and the confidence in which he said it and it was spoken from a really genuine place and you could just tell that the similarities of you know you know when you've been through a situation and it's not a positive situation and you can feel those similar telltale signs poking up again or something that's happened and you you look back and you say I'm never going to let this happen again if I have the opportunity well when that opportunity has popped up like it did for Harry he he took a situation and made a decision to put his his family and to, you know, truly be a partner with Megan and put everything on the line to make a decision to move um, out, of, out of Canada, out of the UK first and out of Canada uh, to the States once the family decided to remove his security um, for his family. So that that first thing right there, I mean, um, was kind of kind of a, just a him having the experience of growing up in that household and growing up under those lights and growing up under the uh, the circumstances and growing up being the second child um all those led to him saying that 
that those one words about this this reminds me of my mother this is very similar was kind of chilling in a way and then the second part was the how the tabloids the institution um the advisors of the the royal family and the royal family itself all are chimed in as a unit especially the institution and the tabloids and that the tabloids have their christmas parties um you know at the royal family's different estates and and establishments and when you hear that if the person who is harming a person of your family is allowed to be in your house on a regular basis it begs the question yeah why don't you you can protect this person with better pr you can put them in situations where they're not getting as ridiculed especially from a racial standpoint and you do decide not to do it um it it doesn't look good and when you have an opportunity of having something that's very unique and something that's very unique when um there is a lot of colonization within the uk of of different countries that as they spoke in the interview 60 percent of the people who are within colonization of the uk are of color it's interesting that you know you don't take the opportunity to use her as a beacon of of support and forward thinking for the next generation and, and to keep um the tradition going but that's also me speaking from an american and and the classism of how the uk's um style when it comes to the royal family it's just different from what america's is and and i respect that to um a certain extent because i didn't grow up in it and so i can't i can't uh downgrade it but within all those those circumstances when the tabloids are having Christmas parties at your house, it's it's kind of a different circumstance. I think, um, other than that, you know, it it all kind of bared itself. It all, you know, the the racism that was there, like people were, you know, were saying, "Oh, this that wasn't racism. That wasn't this racism bias, whatever you call it." I've experienced those things where it's subtle um, and sometimes a person doesn't even realize they're doing it, which maybe makes it more of a prejudice and a, a true racist moment. But I think um, them speaking out and, and um, you know, kind of leveling the playing field a little bit, I think was important. And I think it was important for people to understand you know that just because you're in a palace doesn't mean somebody somebody's not going through something and uh they were able to show it through that and so um that kind of gives you know a different where money doesn't buy peace and 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 it just showed that you have to kind of find your own way no matter where you are in life and no matter what social economic st status you are. And that I've seen that with clients that are, who have plenty of money that they're really struggling. And I've seen people who have very little and they're happy as could be. And so 
that's the strive. That's the point that you strive for is having purpose. And um, it was it was fun to watch the psychology of how Oprah interviewed somebody who's been doing interviews myself. How she does it, I I kind of fall in the same line of how her style, um, and she's a master at it, and I'm a, a young grasshopper, and I appreciate a good interview when I see one. So until next time, thank you for joining me.